Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Motor Up Sports. We have a lot to go over today. We're sponsored by just drinking a prime. We're not actually sponsored by them, but the drinks are good. Um also check out the Depop shop, depop.com backslash motor up sports. Ton of new stuff in there. Goes from like graphic t-shirts to just old lions, old tip pistons. I just got a ton of new Red Wing stuff. So go check out the shop. Ton of different things, a variety of clothes to check out. Let's just first get going. Michigan State basketball. That was a great weekend, I'd say, for Michigan State. They pick up the double bye, which I was worried about if, you know, losing a game, not obviously not playing that extra game. Now, playing that extra game against Minnesota probably would have avoided you Purdue, but I mean, I can't complain. You're likely going to draw Iowa in the second round. And, and that's a game that I'm a little nervous about just because, you know, the second game we could not close against them to save our lives. And that first game, we made it look really difficult. So we both, we, we all know that's going to be a close game. It's probably going to be high scoring because our offense is finally rolling for the first time all year. The three balls finally falling like, like at a rapid pace. Aikens, first off, you you know, I've said all year, I've been waiting for that, you know, wow moment. And he's finally hitting those wow moments. He's finally stepping up. I don't think he's your alpha. Tyson's your alpha. But he sure as hell looks night and day from what he looked day one of the season. And shit, even day one when he walked in here compared to what he's playing at now. Just a little stat, I was digging around, calculating numbers. And when he first really started getting going was that Rutgers game on January 19th. Since then, he's shot 48% from three. And I, I want to shout out Hauser, too. I've been very, you know, tough on him. I was never really the biggest fan of him. But he looks like a different player these last couple of games. I mean, this last month, since February 7th, today's March 6th, so we'll call it a month, Hauser shooting 59% from three. 59% in the last month. The threes are falling. And we know if you can get the three ball falling comes March, you're a hard team to beat. I mean, the offenses look so good the last couple games. They looked horrible coming out of the gates early against Nebraska. But, I mean, this is completely different than what they were like earlier in the season. In the last four games, they put up 80 against IU, 106 against Iowa, and they put up over 100 of that in regulation. 80 against Nebraska and 84 against Ohio State. Now. If you look at before the Minnesota game was postponed, how the offense was doing, those five prior games from that, 63, 61, 55, 63, 62. So guys are stepping up offensively for the first time. And I think the biggest thing that has changed this group, and I've vouched for it since the offseason, was you got to move the bench to seven and a half, eight-ish. And I'm going to call it like, right in between the two because he's only playing like a few guys for like five minutes. He's finally cut the rotation down. So he has a starting lineup that plays pretty big minutes. Hall comes in, he plays a good amount of minutes too. So those are six main guys that are playing. And he finally cut that bench down to halves pretty much. I mean, Pierce basically out of the rotation at this point. Holloman is playing between five and 10 minutes a game. Kohler's playing between five and 10 minutes and Cooper's getting like a, two-minute stint every game. 
The bench is about seven and a half, eight deep. Because, I mean, I'm not counting. If guys are playing seven minutes, that's a half. That's a half a player. I mean, I how I calculate how many guys you play is if you're playing over 12 minutes, you're you're a player. You're you're one. But if you're playing under 12 minutes, you're a half a player. So you, these guys aren't getting a lot of minutes. But I'm going to attribute, you know, cutting that bench and giving your best guys all the minutes and tick to this stretch they've been playing. Because as soon as he started finally cutting Carson out of the rotation, he started throwing less minutes at Trey Holloman and Kohler. And then he started to really throw no minutes at Pierre Brooks, which should have been done months prior. But he finally cut that rotation. And it looks much better. I mean, offensively, you see it. They're putting up more points. It's defensively where they have scared me. The, yeah, they're putting up a lot of points, but they're sure as hell letting up a lot right now. If that defense can get fixed and they can just keep this offense rolling, I think if they get the right matchups in March. Now, let's just say they're a six seed like they are right now, and that that's bracketology as of this morning. If they hold a six seed, then what, what gets interesting is you might play a team that you match up absolutely atrociously against, like Oral Roberts. They would lose that game. It is not like Oral Roberts is like the scary good team. They're, they're, they're stinky, and I'm going to keep talking about that because I have so much confidence in them getting to the Sweet 16. But let's just say that's a realistic 11 seed that you can get matched up against if they finish at six. So a team that is a 7-5 big, you're done. You cannot play a team with a big. Now let's say you get matched up with very guard-dominant teams. That's where Michigan State can likely take a run in March. If they roll out games like Kansas State, like they, they will win the second round they get Kansas State. If they roll out a team like Kansas, they're done. I mean, that's granted they're a seven seed or an eight seed. They would play a one or a two. If they play ball, if they play guard dominant teams, they will take a run. It's just about matchups. I mean, we've seen it every year. Just random teams get hot late because they get the right matchups early in March. Like, for example, like UConn kind of just went through March playing a bunch of guard dominant teams they matched up well against. I can see this team taking a run. Just because, I mean, we've seen it. The number one team in the nation, Houston, they're not anything that special. Purdue, I mean, Michigan State played with Purdue pretty close the, set, uh, the first time around at Breslin. They're not that much worse than Purdue. Especially Purdue lately. They're not as, they're right there. Like, we'll we'll see it when they play them in the, in the third round of the Big Ten tourney. We'll see it. I mean, you're at a neutral ground court. They blew you out at their court. You play them close at your home court. It's in Chicago. So it's about equal distance. My guess, it's close to equal distance between the two. State fans are going to show up. I mean, I I go to Michigan State. Most people at Michigan State end up in Chicago. So Michigan State will show up for that game. But we'll see. I mean, anything can happen. It's March now. You've seen teams get hot in the past. that have no business in getting hot. Michigan State looks to be turning a little bit of a corner, potentially. They need to piece together games. That That's the only thing that, that that's holding me back from thinking they'll take a late run. Because, yeah, I mean, you guys can look back in their schedule. December and January, you know, they pieced together eight games in a row. They didn't really play anybody. I mean, they were playing teams like, like Detroit Mercy. Like, they weren't going up against anybody that good. So it's hard for me to judge Michigan State 
you know, there that they piece together all these games when they were playing Mac and Horizon League teams. But I mean, right now they the last four games, three out of the last four they have actually played really good basketball. Nebraska, I don't think was great basketball, but they still found a way to blow them out and outscore them by literally like 35, 40 points. So I'll call that a good game. They figured it out there. Outside of that, and even that Iowa game, I mean, outside the final minute and a half, they played a phenomenal basketball game. The thing is, is that they need to just close these games out. I mean, they closed out Ohio State, but they nearly blew that one. If they can figure out a way, and this is where you got to figure out everything, is the Big Ten tournament, because once you hit March, I mean, it's one and done. If they could start figuring out closing out games close in the Big Ten tournament, because let, let's be honest with ourselves. Purdue's going to be a close game. Iowa's going to be a close game if they can win Iowa. Those are two games that are close. You're not much better than Iowa, and you're not that much worse than Purdue. And if you just have a hot shooting night, like they shot 60% against Ohio State from three. I mean, they haven't done that all year. They, they've been shooting. If they can get hot from three, they will keep up with Purdue, even though Edie will, will eat you alive again, probably for 30 and 15. But but the thing thing is, I mean, those Purdue those Purdue games, three ball wasn't flying the way it is now. If you let Edie do his thing, but if you can hold Fletcher and and um, what's the other white boy's name, Braden Allen, to to a decent game, you might have a chance there. We'll see what happens, but everything seems to. Outside defensively, lots of things are coming together that weren't there for most of the season. The big man play definitely needs to improve going into March. But if you can get some matchups against guard and wing dominant teams, you have a chance. Also, seeding might look a lot different. There's now 31 in the net rankings. And if you look at Kempom, Michigan State is 28 in Kempom. So 31 in net, 28 in Kempom. That can actually, like, if you can win some in the Big Ten tourney, you can end in the top 25 in both. And you might be looking at a five seed. They lose in the first round of the Big Ten tourney, you're looking at an eight seed, seven, eight. They're six and nine in quad ones. They pull one out against Iowa, and they pull one out against Purdue. That's two more quad one wins that would put you at eight and nine in quad ones. And let's just hypothetically, they say they do lose one and don't win the Big Ten. I mean, eight and ten in quad ones, that's a good resume. Six and one in quad two, seven and one in quad three slash four. So realistically, with a resume that good, I mean, is five C that far out of reach if they can take two in the Big Ten tourney? I mean, seriously. Because not many teams would be eight and ten in quad ones and six and one in quad twos. Michigan State played the hardest schedule in the country, and it sure as hell looks pretty damn good now. Because I remember, you know, offseason, I'm like, why are they playing the schedule? Why are they playing the schedule? It is def Izzo definitely showed me that they were able to play a lot in a lot of big games this season. Even though the nation is down, you can't sit there and say, well, it's not a big game. They sat there and they still took care of business when they needed to take care of business. Now, on the flip side, Michigan hasn't been taking care of business when they're supposed to take care of business. Two straight losses that literally 
Michigan had in the bag. They had Illinois in the bag. They had IU in the bag. And they blew both of those games. Illinois, I mean, seven-point lead with a minute to go. Three after three's fallen. Next thing you know, you're in overtime. And Joey Baker had a wide open look. Look, Juwan's an idiot. Well, you know, I'm just going to keep it that, that straight. Bufkin's been your hot hand that whole game. Bufkin's probably been one of your better three-point shooters. And, yeah, you didn't have Jet because he fouled out in that game. But why is the ball going in the Joey Baker's hands? Why? <laughs> he airballs it, game's over, Michigan loses. I think if that ball's in Bufkin's hand, he has a look like that. They send that t- game to double overtime. And then the regulation play, I mean, that last play in regulation against IU, like they were playing street ball in that play. I don't know what the play call was. They were just running around, and then they had a chuck, and then they lose in in overtime. I mean, up 12 with about eight minutes to go, there's no reason to lose that game. And this is the story of Michigan season, right? Illinois, Virginia, and now twice against Indiana, they've blown it. If they turn two of those games into wins, just two, let's just say they turn Illinois, Indiana into wins. The last two games, I mean, they're they're on the bubble, but they're barely on the bubble. Like they're they're sitting there like with the last four buys of ten seed. Because the Iowa record goes from seventeen and fourteen to nineteen and twelve with a lot of quad ones. Because that then turns you from a team that's three and eleven in quad ones to five and nine. That's a big difference. I mean, Virginia, that was another one early in the season. Had they win that won that one, I mean, that's a top 10 win. But they do get a second chance of life. You get Rutgers in the first round who's playing horrible basketball right now. Michigan drew an easy one. Michigan should win that one. And then you get Purdue, which I don't think they win. But the game could be relatively close because we know that's just going to be a big man grinded out battle. Big 10 grinded out. 80 hunter just eating each other up all game. If Michigan can take those two and play a close game against Michigan State, I don't think they necessarily have to win. They just cannot lose by 15. They're probably in a playing game. Just because, I mean, the schedule they've played, Rutgers will be quad one because it's neutral ground. You have to be in the top 50. For a quad one win there, so they get that in their favor. So they take care of business there, then take care of business with another quad one win against Purdue, and then they lose one at the end of the Big Ten tournament. They would be 5-12 and 12 in quad one games. Looking at teams on the bubble, I mean, 17 quad one games plays a lot. They would be close. They're, they actually are looking pretty nice in Ken Palm which is why I think Lenardi has him his next four out and not even just completely off the bubble because they're 38 there. If they can just get into the top 43, I'd say, in net, and they can get into the top 35 in Kempom, I think Michigan gets it. But that's going to take losses on bubble teams. Like they're playing on the bubble with teams like UNC. Like last year, so let's just say UNC gets hot again late. And it's hard for me to count them out because of what they did last year with that roster. So you got to play against UNC in terms of you got to hope for a loss there. And then on top of that, you're in the Big Ten tournament now, and there's a lot of Big Ten teams sitting. There's a lot of teams just sitting on the bubble in the Big Ten. So 
your first team sitting on the bubble for the Big Ten is Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin has the beauty of they didn't get the first buy. They actually have to play all the way through. Ohio State's horrible. They should take care of business there. That's just another win to add to their resume. And then they have Iowa. And that's going to be a grinded out close game. The game, you know, obviously the separation between Iowa and Wisconsin is minimal. And the Big Ten did not even separate. Everyone beat each other up all year. Even Purdue got beat up a little bit here and there. Wisconsin loses to, to Iowa and Michigan beats Purdue. Michigan's looking pretty good. Penn State on the flip side did actually avoided playing in the first round with that win, that upset win. They have Illinois again. And then they have Northwestern. Both very winnable games for Penn State. I don't know if Penn State pulls it off, but they're winnable games. I, I can see them taking two. So Michigan just has to go deep, and they have to win two, two games. Those are the teams they're going up against in the Big Ten that they have to hope for early losses from. And then obviously UNC. If all that happens, Michigan probably slips in as a as last team in. We'll see. But, you you know, on top of that, there's conference tournaments game played right now. So, if, for example, we've seen it in the past, like that year that we saw Oregon State and in Georgetown just get hot and win their conferences for no reason whatsoever. And that happens again this year. And if there's any year that can happen, it's this year, right? Memphis, for example, they go out, win their conference. Like, I, I think it's very, very, very possible. They're, they're in. Without, you know, they, they probably steal a bid from somebody else, even though they, they're very close to being in. We'll see. There's a lot of bid stealers, too. I mean, UNC can take a bid in a very weak ACC. We'll see. I want to move into the last topic of the day. It's the Lions. And we just saw the news of Derek Carr getting paid $40 million, which is why I'm about to bring up Jared Goff. I'm not paying 50. I'm sorry, but 50 mil is reserved for me for Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. The, the best of the best get 50 mil. I'm not saying Jared Goss a bad quarterback. I'm not saying he's average, but if Daniel Jones and Derek Carr are getting paid 40, he's going to get 50. And Carr just fucked the QB market up. I don't want to be in a position where you've got to choose 50 mil at a quarterback who I don't want to be the guy, but he's never getting you to win a Super Bowl. Unless you have like a 2000 Ravens defense, it's hard for me to believe Jared Goff is the guy to get you to the promised land. You're drafting at six this year. Now, look, I'm not saying like you have to go QB at six because I think that's kind of like a stupider thing to say. But at number six, you have to at least consider it because next year, I mean, you still have golf on your contract. You're probably going to be 10 through 12 win team. Scratch that. You know what? I'm going to be more realistic because they're the Lions. They're going to be between nine and 13 wins this year. I'm going to give them a big gap in between the two. You're not drafting at number six. Again. So, if you're Brad Holmes and you're sitting in that front office, you have to at least have it in the back of your head that you're never drafting at six again. And you're going to need a quarterback at some point because golf is not worth 50 mil. That just eats all your cap space for guys that you can have 
on second contracts like Hutchinson, like Kirby, like Rodrigo, like Lee McNeil. Like you, that's money you can spend on defense. So you got to see that perspective of it. Now, if you're at Holmes and you're at six, the only way I'm going quarterback is if I love the guy. I can't like him. I can't be okay mad on him. I need to love the quarterback. So that quarterback's Anthony Richardson, and he's absolutely in love with Anthony Richardson. You have to draft him at six. But if there's if you like a guy, then I'm okay, like Witherspoon, Gonzalez, like maybe trading down or up, depending on, on what Holmes wants to do. You have a lot of picks in the first two days. You have five of them. So, I mean, seriously. You know he's not sticking at where he's drafting. He's been aggressive to get the guys he's won. He was aggressive at JMO. So I expect the same this year with even more picks to move around. So the first pick I expect to get moved. This is so if I'm Brad Holmes, this is what I'm doing. So the first thing I'm doing is I'm sitting down and I have both two second round picks, which could be spent on a linebacker which is because there's no linebackers that are worth drafting in the first round. Or you can move both of those second-round picks. You can move back into the first round and get the quarterback you want. Just a little thing that people are not talking about right now is you could potentially end up with three first-round picks if you really wanted to. And if if you want to go two defense and one quarterback in the first round, I'm fine with that. You have to love the quarterback. At 18, I mean, I've always said best available, best available there, whether that's Bijan Robinson or that's like Devin Witherspoon slips to 18 for some odd reason. You have to go best available there. So hypothetically, Anthony Richardson slips to 18, which I think that's a possibility because, I mean, where the fuck did this talk come from? I know Campbell doesn't like measurements. I know Campbell... Campbell and Holmes don't like that. And I'm personally, me too. I, I think it's stupid that we do a combine. I think it's good for like these fourth round picks to boost their draft stock. But we've seen guys through the years get drafted just off of how good they did in the combine. And they sucked in the NFL. And it happens every year. Anthony Richardson can't make an outside throw. I, you see, you guys watch the film from it. He can't. The measurements are phenomenal. But the guy can't make an outside read. Why do I want him? And honestly, I, I don't want to be that guy. But fifth round, Stetson Bennett sitting there, two-time national champion. Dominic as a starter for two years. He's just old. I think he's an I think he's a good quarterback in the NFL. You saw some of the reads he made there. He's the best quarterback in terms of like he has no ceiling. But you know what you're getting out of him. Just a little thought there. Maybe Stetson Bennett late in the draft because I mean, there are quarterbacks. He's just, you know, what he's going to be already. He's, he's not going to have much of a ceiling in the NFL. So we'll see what they do. My theory is you trade the second, your two seconds, move back into the first and get a quarterback in between like eight, between like 18 or sorry, 19 and 32. But I will be back here on Wednesday, Big Ten tournament talk, a lot of previewing Wednesday because. We're in full swing Thursday, Friday. Michigan plays Thursday. Michigan State plays Friday. So I will see you guys back on Wednesday. Have a good couple days. And 
Go green. 